and welcome to this very special episode of the Spoiler Cast. Yay. Yes, we <laughs> we are still technically on summer hiatus, um, you know, because we don't like summer blockbusters. So we we when everyone should be doing podcasts, we we go hibernate. But this summer was a very special one because we had a new Christopher Nolan movie. Um, it's Oppenheimer, of course. Ooh. Yes, we kind of had to do a summer special then, you know? Yes. We, we kind of had to talk about it. Kind of um, wanted to, well, to exactly. be honest. Obviously, kind of wanted to. I mean, uh, this is arguably the biggest uh, movie of the year? For what? us, at least? What? What? <laughs> it premieres on the same day as something else that's, for yeah, some reason, well, become very big, but... Well, for us. Yes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, it's well, the same day as... It's the same day as Barbie, yeah. Uh, which we opted not to see, but we might yet. still do it. Yet, yet. exactly. Yet, there, there's um, one more movie this year that I'm very excited for, though. So I, I don't know. Oh yeah, I don't Doom know Part which Two. One, yeah, I don't know which yeah. one is, is the biggest yet. I haven't decided. Okay, sure. But for me, at least, it was the the most anticipated movie. I think. Sure. Um, because uh, yeah, I, I've said it before on this podcast. I am a I am a huge Christopher Nolan fan and have been ever since, well, ever since Memento. Really, I saw it when it was fairly new back in two thousand and three or four or something. Um, and I was like, this guy, this guy, he knows, he knows what he's doing. He knows movies. For me, it's and the Batman course, movies. Huh? For me, it's the Batman. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> we we of course famously. Well, not famously. Nobody knows that. Uh, we saw it. We saw Batman Begins, like way in advance oh, for yeah. some weird reason. No, we've it mentioned was, that. Probably mentioned. It was. Uh, it was the summer of two thousand and five. We were visiting our grandma. Um, we we of course knew about the movie. Um, but you know it was gonna. It was scheduled to come out like a month or something after we come home. Yeah. But then we just read in the local paper that they're showing Batman Begins on the local cinema. In, like, the smallest theater ever. It was, like, was yeah. it 15 think, seats or something? If even that, maybe yeah. 12 or something. Yeah. And we, we just, got two wait, tickets. We're like, sure. They're showing Batman Begins now? Like, so the yeah, middle we, of the day as well, right? No, it was towards the, like, 7, 8 or something. Oh, it was. Because our parents were in the town square watching... Um, oh, yeah, it was uh, a... Do you remember Stadskampen? Yeah, Stadskampen, yeah. Some yeah, sort of, like, Swedish, wipeout uh, Swedish yeah. thing. Yeah, Swedish um, uh, game show that w- yeah. was on about yeah twenty years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've both been fans of 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 his for a long, 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 long yes. time. And um, I'd say he's he's been getting better and better, uh, you know, as a as a director. Yes. So and if this somehow I don't know why maybe because of the subject matter maybe because of all the uh, the the press they've been doing feels like sort of a culmination of his career. Not that it's going to be his last movie. But this feels like, uh, other than Interstellar, I think this is one he has been like working on the longest, because I I think he had the concept way way back several years ago, and didn't really come to fruition until now. The production feels like the biggest one though. Exactly, and that's so funny because it's just you know it's just a bunch of people in rooms. Yeah, but, but there's a lot so of people though. There's a lot of people, yeah. But anyway, Very many yeah. famous faces. <laughs> lots, lots of famous actors. But we'll get to that. Um, yeah. Sorry for dragging this out. Um, we we, we literally just came home from it though, so we're kind of yeah. It ended. Excited. It ended about uh, an hour and hour and a half ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but let's just do this as a regular episode. 
I'm going to start by asking you, uh, what did you think of Oppenheimer? I thought it was great. Uh, a bit long. <laughs> a bit, bit confusing long. at times. This was, I think this, yeah, this is his longest movie. If you don't count the credits, I think it's like two two hours 51 or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so, so it's not it's not the longest we've seen in cinema. No, 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 no. We saw, we saw two movie two movies last year that were longer. <laughs> two? Yeah, the Batman was two fifty eight. Oh, that's true. I guess without credits though, so or with credits, I mean. Yeah, but then this uh, one is three hours with credits. Yeah, and then Avatar wasn't that like four hours or something? Three and a half. Three and a half. Well, still, still longer than this. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah, uh, but, but this still. one, <clears throat> that one has uh, both of them have more action more going on oppenheimer is just basically just talking yeah so it's it's uh you can feel the length differently and much more <laughs> okay. i gotta say i felt the length a lot more in the batman than i did here in a different way yes yeah this one wasn't long because it was boring this was just long yes it was very batman long. got a little bit boring at times which made yeah it long and if you want to listen to why we're 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 calling the Batman like one of the everyone was raving about that last year, why we call it kind of boring in mid, uh, check out that episode. It's yes. available on all major <laughs> platforms. Sorry, um, <laughs> but it was also kind of confusing at times with the the, the jumping in between, uh, obviously between times with the black and white mm. and the colors. Yeah, I I understood where they were going for most of it, but towards the end, I was a little bit. Why are we talking about this? What what does this yeah. have to do with the story? You literally turned to me and it's like, I don't I don't understand anything. And like, I'm kind of I mean, confused. I get it, but I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kind of confused here. That was like yeah. towards the last 30 minutes or something. I I can see what you mean. Um yeah. but I think like I mentioned to you, because we, we try not to talk too much about the movie before we get here. Exactly. Um, but, but like I mentioned to you, the, that I've too felt some frustration in the middle hour, so to speak, when they're actually building the bomb. Yes. Because the first hour is, you know, his, his backstory and him uh, joining the, the Los Alamos project or the Manhattan project. And then yeah. the middle middle chunk is them building the bomb. And then the, the, the third hour is really the aftermath. Yeah. Uh, but more or less. Um, more or less. And there, there, I felt some frustration, even some moments of like nodding off, which is mm. not because I'm tired, just because I'm, I'm, I'm losing focus. That's me losing focus. Exactly. Um, but again, it doesn't were... help that it's three hours long. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Um, but like I told you, I felt that that was that, and uh, yeah, that might be me bootlicking a little bit, but it felt like that was deliberate to some extent. Because of uh, because of the 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 very the very clear uh, like separation between that um, second act and the third act. Yes, yes. Because we, we we come to a very very clear like this this is what this frustrating hour has been leading up to. It, we like won't I say, said, it, but you know it almost, it, is. it almost felt like the end of the movie, and then there was more all of a sudden. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we'll try to keep like we usually do. We'll, we'll try, try to, to keep, keep the first twenty free. minutes uh, spoiler free. But I mean, you know what yeah, I'm talking about. It all in all, great movie. I the first like five to ten minutes, I was oh yeah shook. It was great. I, I, I it was I, 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 it was beautiful. I kind of wish he just just spent time with Oppenheimer in England and Germany. Mm. Just just you know. That could have been the whole movie. I understand why it's not. Of course. Because it's really about the pivotal moment of his life, you know, building yeah. the atom bomb. 
but he was younger. Uh, he he he. You know, he had all those. Uh, he was like anxiety. He had. You there know, were emotions. Sleep. There was there was this uh, a, a considering of life and, and existence and the music and the visuals with the stars yeah. and everything. Oh my god, it was and gorgeous. When, yeah, and when he started teaching like theoretical whatever it was, he was teaching <laughs> to that, to that one guy, the first know. guy who became one of his followers. Yeah. It was all yeah, it felt so ah. I almost know. felt like math was beautiful at that point. Yeah. I almost yeah. understand why people say that math is a beautiful language just yeah. by watching those like first 10 minutes of that movie. Yeah, and it, it it is that it is that that joy of discovery. Yeah, it's like it's like it's it, it was the same feeling I got when uh, yeah, honestly, because I I I for the first time in years it feels like actually read a book. I mean, I've read books, but I read a book that I actually <laughs> liked from beginning to end, and it was I like couldn't this, put down basically. Yeah, it was just like oh, breath of fresh air, or like when you're when you're when you're finding something, you're reading, you're you're you're. You you find something on the internet and you start reading about it and you you start going down like a Wikipedia rabbit hole and you're just discovering things like oh my yeah oh, this and that oh it, it was this yes this this joy of a discovery yes so, sort of it was amazing and the way he he uh, uh, paired it with that score the music oh, oh the music which the music throughout the movie but especially in the beginning yes. Uh, quickly just about the music. We'll probably get back to it, but I just want to say, yeah. it is so idiosyncratic to have like a an electric score and go it's, almost like... No, Idiosyncratic? Idiosyncratic means that it kind of feels out of time. Like, this is a movie that takes place between, what, nineteen late 1920s up to the 1960s or something. Yeah. I think that's a hearing in the part is in the 40s sometime, Yeah, of course, around the building of the bomb, late 40s. But the soundtrack is like it's kind of similar to the Tenet soundtrack, very like techno, um, very very electric. Of course, it's the same guy who made uh, the the score for Tenet. So it's a lot of and usually when you do, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, he he blew up in the last few years, mainly because of Tenet and Black Panther. Yeah. Um. Usually, when you do a period piece like this, you kind of stick to like classical music, unless you're Bass yes. Lerman, and then you do an Elvis biopic and put r- rap songs in it. But yeah, that's Bass <laughs> Lerman. So it was interesting to hear that. But of course, there were like orchestral, th- classic, yes. classical themes going on, but also with that in the background, and I liked yeah. it. It was weird, but it kind of fit it with worked. the with the it worked. It fit with the movie's themes. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, it fit with the you know developing of things. Yeah, how, how how the main thing, the main object in the movie is very futuristic for them. Yeah, so and then, of course, futuristic sounds in the music is perfect. Yeah, 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 and the very lo- lo- lofty ideas of quantum physics, yeah. and you know, be- being on the like cutting edge of not even science, theoretical science. Like yes. they have no idea what they're doing. Um, and that's I mean. I don't know how you, how much you knew about Robert Oppenheimer. Robert very Oppenheimer little. before this. Okay. Very little I, at all. I recognized some of the names of the scientists. Yeah, yeah of course, because <laughs> you've heard them in other, yeah, like Niels Bohr, of course, yeah. Einstein and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I had no clue that all of these were in the same timeline. I was like, no? okay. yeah. some of them had to have been years apart, like hundreds of years, but no, apparently not. Nope. 
They were, they were, yeah, but they were part of the, you know, the like second science explosion. Yeah, like you had <laughs> in the like seventeen hundreds, basically. Ah, <laughs> the second wave of you know uh, science discovery that we yes. had in the early nineteen hundreds. Um, uh, where, where was I going? You were talking about the how you asked me if I knew the names, if I knew anything oh, about. Yeah. Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah because I, I'm not going to say I'm like a scholar that I know anything about, but I you know <laughs> I've I've read past you know uh, just reading you know his quote. The, everyone knows the quote. Now I am become death to destroy worlds. See, everyone knows that. Isn't that from like um, Indian religion? Or yes, sort? It's, it's from uh, it's from Hinduism. Or something. It's from the Bhagavad Gita, which is one of That's the, the one, yeah. holy texts. I don't know which one, which. Krishna says, I think, the elephant god with the arms, I think. I'm not, I'm not says, sure, I know it's one of them. Yeah. And I've never understood why it's not now I have become death, it's now I am become death, but that is that is the quote. So. That might be translation issues? Might be. Or maybe a time thing. They don't... Yeah, true. They have always been, but also becoming, I don't know, maybe. Don't also, know. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so ev- everyone knows that, and uh, uh, I did not I- know he said it though. Oh, okay, that he, you know, he was. Uh, su- I know it from from that religion, and I know no, it okay. from like Linkin Park. Because oh, <laughs> okay. he used a song. There is actually there's actually footage of him saying it, and he looks there. Uh, I think he says it in an interview. I- I'm sure he said it several times. times yeah when he when he when he like said it the first time he probably said it to himself well in this movie i guess it was when he met the lady whatever her name was Which florence pugh's character uh J- jade J- something or jade jade yeah judy i don't, I don't remember <laughs> there were so many characters i can't remember so many characters um if if that is you know uh if that is historically accurate that was the first time he said it i suppose at least out loud that we know of um, but I'm sure he said it a bunch of more times because it is so, it is fitting. so fitting, so spot on for a guy who made the atomic bomb. Gene, so I'm sure, by the way, Gene, Gene is your name. Gene, right. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, that's, that's, it's t- tiny detail, which has nothing to do with anything, but the fact that she opened the book and po- pointed to those specific words. Yeah. That makes me think that, it might be a little constructed reality. Yeah. 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 yeah that looks but either, either way, you should you should watch that interview. It was too perfect. <laughs> you should you should you should actually watch that interview because then you can also see how how uh, accurate Cillian Murphy is or Killian Murphy Ooh. is as uh, Oppenheimer. He okay. is fucking spot on with the thousand yard stare and like really like feeling the the weight of the universe on his shoulders. When he, after realizing what he's Almost done. Almost literally. <laughs> literally, yes. Um, that's that's also, just to, to move on, I suppose, uh, before we hit the 20-minute mark, the acting. Yeah, like, well... And not just from Killian Murphy, from everyone. Everyone. Even, like, small characters who are just, like, random actors you recognize the face of. Yeah. All of them. Phenomenal. Yeah, I, I wonder if... I wonder if that is... Uh, you know, agents going like, this is going to be the big movie this year. We're, we're going to try to get all our actors into it. Or if this was, like, requested by Nolan to, like, I want even, like, small roles to be by famous actors for some reason. Or if actors went, I want to be in the next Nolan movie, I don't care what part I get. Yeah, yeah I'm, I want to, I want to, I would love to find out how cynical the choice of actors is. If it's just right man for the job, or if it's just, well, we really want to push this as a big movie, so we want as many names as possible. 
Or if some of them went with, uh, you kind of look like the person. Here you go. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I mean, there's makeup and prosthetics on some of them, obviously, but... Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, because in, there's a there's a bunch of names, of course, in the trailer already. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, we already mentioned Killian Murphy, Florence Pugh, uh, Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt, right? Uh, Matt Damon. Um, who else is in the trailer? Well, one of the is Benny Safdie, one of the Safdie brothers, who played. You know what? Ed- I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling through. So I'm trying to see. If I can find the guy who played uh, Teller, uh, Edward Teller, Tellus, whatever his name was. Um. Uh-huh. But Whatever. then, yeah, those those were like the names you saw in the trailer. Like, oh shit, oh there's that guy, there's that guy. But then there was like a hundred other names or people. You're like, oh that guy. Like fucking early on in the movie. Um, well, I can't even remember now. Josh Hartnett popped up. I haven't seen yeah. him in the movie in like ten years. Because I know he kind of like stepped away from movies and he did some t- TV, uh, like Penny Dreadful and stuff like that. But then he kind of like left movies a little bit. Um, I guess he's back now, and he once again, great performance. I, yes. Um. Then you had uh, uh, Dane DeHaan popped Dane up, DeHaan. and like, I think he has a combined screen time of maybe ten minutes, and that's because they repeat some of his scenes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf showed up and has like four lines in the movie, and I didn't even rec- <laughs> I didn't even see that it was him until like halfway through the movie, because it's not like they're like bum bum here's the guy like no no he's, no, just, he's, he's just, just showing up yeah it felt there's some you know there's other uh, I almost didn't recognize Robert Downey Jr. to be honest you didn't no he looks no, very it, old now and it, it didn't help that they made old. him look older with the hair and everything no you know? yeah. Dude, he's also, I know that face. What's his name? He's also not covered in a fucking green screen suit. He's true, actually true. acting. Um, <laughs> he's I told, very skinny compared to um, Iron Man as well. Yeah, yeah. Now he doesn't have to stay buff all the time. So I guess, exactly. I, I guess he left the gym a little bit. Um, I, 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 Branagh? Uh, who? Kenneth Branagh. Oh right, Kenneth Branagh. He, oh, he was in the trailer as well. Oh, uh, maybe he was. Uh, I mean, even the 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 teacher who he tries to uh, poison. Spoilers. Wow. I recognize that guy. I, didn't, I don't know him by name though, but he's also like a recognizable British actor. Uh, was it Blackett? Was that the, yes, uh, the that's church it. name? That's James the Darcy. Yeah, I recognize him. Too. Oh right, James Darcy. Yeah, I gotta bring up because um, there's so many more. He was Hold in on. Dunkirk. Yes, he is. He plays. Uh, he 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 stands on the, uh, he stands on the 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 dock with uh, with Kenneth Branagh, and right. like oh, when the when the fog when the fog lifts, you can almost see it. See what, sir? Home. Oh, <gasps> speak a good movie. Anyway, and then of course, uh, Oppenheimer's I guess uh, lawyer in the uh, in the hearing scenes was uh, Megan Blair, famous like, uh, oh right, like, in- indie actor and slash director. Which, uh, this must be like, I'm not going to say like, oh, he's big break. He's already kind of famous for all his smaller movies he's made. But I mean, this is the first time I've seen him in a big movie like this. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so many more. Like, uh, fucking um, uh, Casey Affleck. And they, I, I don't know if that was deliberate. Wait, but they, what? Casey yeah, Affleck's in this? He was, um, he was the, uh, the like general, the general in charge who, who oh, wasn't allowed to speak right. to anyone that's... because he's such a vehement anti-communist even before the 50s. So they like wanted was, to keep him uh, away from all the lefty uh, uh, scientists. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, uh, so, Pride and so Joy when, for Sweden, by the way. Gust- Gustav Skarsgård. Gustav Skarsgård shows up, yeah, as one of the scientists. Oh, yeah, Benny Safdie. I found him now. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was Benny Safdie, yeah. Josh Pick, for some stupid reason. Oh, yeah, Josh Pick is in this. <laughs> Jack Quaid. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could, yeah. I could probably read every single name here and we'll recognize them, to be honest. More or less, yeah. More or less. I mean, it was no, even one that... One that surprises me for being at the top is uh, Alden Einrich. Ehrenreich, yeah. Ehrenreich, yeah. Which... I- yeah, he played uh, one of the um, the Senate the, or lawyers. Yeah, one of the team in in uh, in the in the black and white scenes. Yeah. Um, and I gotta say, I'm so happy to see him in more roles because yes. uh, people were kind of shitting on him. First of all, you know when he did Solo, uh, the Han Solo origin yeah. story. First of all, because you know you can't take Solo. You, that's that has to be Harrison Ford, you know. So he got yeah. he got a lot of shit for that, <clears throat> and of course he got a lot of shit because, um, you know, famously they had to bring a, an acting coach on onto the set. It, that was like leaked stuff, like oh, people like oh, because he sucks as an actor, and then that movie kind of bombed, and you know, yeah. you haven't really seen him in much after that. There's some, you know, he pops up of course, but like he, he you know, and, and and that's completely underserved because that movie is kind of. Whatever, uh, uh, solo. But yes. if anything is good in it, it's Alden Ehrenreich. And all yeah. the other stuff I've seen him in, he is great. So I was happy yeah. to see him in this as well. Because uh, he, like like I said, like everyone else, he was great in this movie. Everyone's absolutely phenomenal, really. Yeah. But the ones that stood out to me, um, I gotta say, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was amazing. Amazing. It was so much fun to see him act properly for the first time in like 20 years <laughs> um and uh, well of course killing murphy and then even though it's kind of one note i thought emily blunt was great as his uh, wife kitty yes but she didn't have too many emotions involved she, was, she had she like mainly one angry drunk yeah <laughs> yeah but she did very well she did very well and when she was uh uh, in the end scenes, when we see him even older, I guess maybe in the mm. 70s or 80s, that short like flash forward, yeah, um, when she still holds a grudge against Benny Safdie's character, among others. Yes. And she she, she, they, she looks really gaunt and old, because then they put old makeup on everyone. Yeah. Um, and the way she just like sucks her teeth at that him. That one little motion yeah, with like, her bottom lip, yeah. And I was like, she looks exactly like an angry old spinster. <laughs> <laughs> like she embodied that angry old woman look. That and uh, the uh, the interview, the last like scene oh, before yeah. that, she, oh, does. she was fantastic, fantastic. Because that because you kind of feel like you know that's when you finally get to see the character she is. Yeah, because she's kind of not the bad guy, but she's she's a, she's constantly drunk. She doesn't really want to take care of their baby. Um, you know, they don't really explore the relationship that much. We don't really know how, but so we only, we only really see the bad side of her. So yes. I, I I think that is deliberate though, and even when they're doing the whole hearing, she's constantly like berating them for like, why the fuck are you playing the martyr? Like, get angry, spit at them. Yeah, yeah. like fight back. Why is she being so mean? But then when she sits down and has her her interview for the hearing, you're just like, oh shit, ah. okay, that's yeah, that's who she is. I get it exactly. <laughs> then she is like fiercely loyal all of a sudden. By the way, Gary Oldman as Harry Truman. Yes. But which, by the another way, another one I almost didn't recognize. <laughs> that's so funny because that's also like I don't know if it's famous, but it's also one of those. That's a real quote that Oppenheimer like over or memory overheard him, but he famously oh, said yeah, like, yeah. "Keep that fucking crybaby out of my office. I never want to see that man again." Because he was like, 
whining over having built the atom bomb. And Truman was yeah. like, fuck you. Let's uh, go home. <laughs> yeah, basically call him a pussy. Oh, <laughs> uh, this man who literally has the blood of a hundred thousand peoples on his hands. But well, hey, according like, to Truman. Yeah, exactly. They don't care who built it. I dropped it. Yeah, they care who dropped it. Oh, he almost said bitch at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's also like once again, that's one scene. And I yeah. guess he does the radio announcement when they drop the bomb. Sure, but he, he had literally him. like what? Twenty words to say in total. Oh yeah. And when 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 uh Killian Murphy says like I feel like I have blood on my hands and he's and he, he doesn't even say anything. He just picks up his, his handkerchief and waves it in front of him and then says, Nobody cares about who built the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> they only care about who dropped it. I dropped it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> to to, to so round off good. this little yeah, like yeah, discussion sure, sure. you just had, what did you think of it? Like oh, sum it up. <laughs> um I was a little not like like uh, I don't know if it's good or bad. I I loved it, of course. It was like a four or a, or a four and a half for me, like leaving the cinema. Yes. Now, when I can like digest it and talk about it, I just, it's, a, it's a five, dude. Uh, this is this is amazing through and through. And like I said, we talked about it briefly before we went in. How there's always feels like there's something, even in his best movies, there's something missing. In Nolan movies, it's this ethereal, you can't really grab it, but something's keeping it back from being, like, perfect. Even though he's come close to perfect so many times, yeah. which is very frustrating with him as, an, as a filmmaker. <laughs> and here, point. maybe, yeah, to keep you want to come back for more. To see if like, you finally uh, reach that perfection. Um, Almost the same as, uh, what's his name, that we said, sold his soul to the devil. Oh no! Uh, yeah, uh, the guy who made the whale and uh, *Requiem for a Dream* and all that. <laughs> but here, it's you know, it's not. But that is just annoying because like he can do better than this. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. But yeah, having talked about it now. Aronofsky, by the way. Aronofsky. Aaron Aronofsky. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Aaron Aronofsky. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, like I said, now that frustrating part here felt intentional. For the first yes. time, it felt intentional. Yes. So, uh, we'll probably do a ranking at some point, but I would argue this is his best movie. This is once again feeling like a, like a conclusion, almost like this is this is his magnum opus. God, I hope not. Of course, I hope his next movie is even better because I don't I want just, him to start. If we just keep going uphill, yeah, he will destroy the world. <laughs> he will make an atom bomb out of his movies or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, but yeah, I think it's uh, as close to perfect as you can get without actually yeah. being a perfect movie. Because perfect, it's not a. It's very yeah. you. you perfect gotta, movies don't exist, really. <laughs> no, you gotta choose very wisely before you call a movie perfect. I think. Yeah, I've done it like a couple of times in my life. Um, but yeah, we both agree it's amazing. Yes. Is it the best movie you've seen this year so far? I'm tr- I'm blanking on what I've seen this year. To be honest, we, we haven't um, had a lot of like great. We had a lot of like good movies this year. Let me let me check my. I have a list. I add every single movie I watched in every like for each year. I make a list. Yeah. Um. The yeah, it's probably up there. Yeah. <laughs> because Just, I've watched a lot of shit. There's also a few like. They're so great, but they're stupid. You know, they're yeah, not. I don't they're diff- not it's on a amazing level. movies. They're entertaining. Yes. Yeah. But in an amazing way, but you know, it's not an amazing movie. Because sure. Of that. 
Like the closest before this is probably Asteroid City. That movie was awesome. Yes. Um, but this one is this one is better. <laughs> this one was um for you know good movies like movies movies film. <laughs> what yeah. John Wick was for action. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah John yeah, Wick yeah. Four. I mean. Yeah. Uh, See that I've I've missed to add a movie on my list, but yeah, that's fine. I'll add it now. <laughs> I forgot Fast and Furious 10. Well, it is kind of forgettable. <laughs> um, well, I added to the list. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, yeah, Oppenheimer yeah. is definitely and I up think there. It's, and I think it's a contender for best movie of the year. I, oh, yeah, I, definitely. I failed to see much beating it this year. It's it's definitely um, nominated for the spoiler awards. Oh, yeah. We can say that already, <laughs> even though we'll, we'll get to the nominations later this year. Uh, but it's definitely, yeah, definitely. Yes. Yo, it's gonna be this. This is gonna be this year's Top Gun. It's gonna take a nomination in every goddamn category. <laughs> Most likely, because yeah. this even had. This is gonna sound stupid, but it even had a couple of jump scares. <laughs> yes, yes. I jumped like three times. I think. Yeah, a lot of like From sound cues. alone. Yes, yes, yes. Oh God. Anyway, to wrap up this now, thirty minutes spoiler free uh, 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 segment. We both wholeheartedly recommend this. Oh, yes, definitely. Oh, my God. If, if you're a fan of Nolan, I mean, then you've already decided to watch you've it. You've already but watched if, it, probably. <laughs> if you want to watch a great movie, uh, if, even if you're not a fan of movies, go check this out. Like, this will make you a oh, fan yeah. of movies. This is... I, I do, I, however, because we do we do keep mentioning that long movies aren't ideal anymore. Sure, um, it is a long movie. It is watch yeah. it in a comfortable theater, but do watch it in a theater though. Yes, you definitely. Even, oh, IMAX would probably be to recommend. We did not see an IMAX. No, we, we wa- saw special screening. Um, we saw an actual uh, film, seven millimeter yes. film, um, which I guess we'll say I can I can we'll save that for the spoiler, and not because it's spoilers, but. Just to wrap this part up, because or fuck it, from now on spoilers, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just yeah keep going. But, but definitely watch it. Oh and, yeah, yeah, definitely. probably an IMAX, both for the visual and the sound. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Make sure you have a snack and a drink, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, go watch it. Seventy millimeter. Oh my god. Um, call me. Uh, uh, yeah, once again, call me a traditionalist. Call me old. Call me a fucking boomer. I don't care. The texture of the picture it was like, it was like you could almost like feel it. You could feel it, how it the vibrated off the screen. Yeah, um, at points. And it, you could, you could, and people are like, you can't really tell the difference between a digital, uh, digital projection and a uh, actual cellular projection. Oh yes, you can. Yeah, you can. This looks so. I mean, I've said it before. Uh, I don't know if you were with me. No, it was another. It was a friend. I went and saw. I went and saw the thing on an actual thirty-five millimeter print from the eighties. Yeah. No, that was you and me. That was you and me. Yeah, yeah. I saw Point Break with another friend on the same cinema with the same thing. We um, also saw like uh, a third, Encounter. Yeah, Close Encounter, Encounter of the Third Kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. And um, when it's older movies like that that you've seen a lot of times on like DVD and stuff like that, to watch that on actual print. It's almost like, I mean, it's you're physically closer to the action because yes. it's right on the other side of of that film. That was the the light from the actors hit that film, and actually, like it, a part of them got stuck on the film. Yeah. When you know, while digital print is, you know, it's it's motion translated into ones and zeros. It's different. Exactly. 
Um, and is digital still good? Of course, but there is a very special quality to actual film. Like I said, it's like you can almost like you can almost feel it somehow. And the first shot of this movie, the screen literally vibrated. Yeah, with like the emotion. (laughs) Yeah, because like one of the first shots is him like having these terrible visions of an unseen uh, of an unseen world as he's lying in bed. Um, Anxiety ridden. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it was awesome. Um, And just to 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 like. Yeah, it would, it just it just helped with the emotion. I yeah. gotta say though, um, the black and white stuff did not feel the same way. Even though it is no. that's shot on film as well. It's sure, actually like, it... I mean, if this does not win for best cinematography in the Oscars, something is wrong. Because no, this but is... we know something's wrong. So it... I know. but but it because of the star-studded like cast list, it most likely will. Yeah, but I mean for cinematography, not for film. Sure, but it, no, no, they'll they'll recognize that that's film as well, you know. Yeah, because I I uh, they they literally revolutionized uh, IMAX cinema. They yeah. they created the first ever black and white IMAX like celluloid film for this. Yes, it didn't exist because um, no if, other IMAX movies been shot in IMAX for black in black and white. No. Because they've always just, you know, desaturated the picture if they oh, want yeah, to do it yeah. black and white. But usually you don't want IMAX to be in black and white because... No, because the colors... Yeah, are... there's so much information going in. So, But here they wanted it for, you know, uh, for artistic reasons. And, sure. he, and he didn't just want to desaturate the picture. He wanted to actually film it on black and white uh, film. Wasn't he involved in, like, creating the best... The IMAX stuff in for, like, Batman Begins and stuff as well? Yeah. Um, they, they, it wasn't, I don't know if it was for, no, it was for Interstellar, where they made, oh, right, right, right. they made the cameras more, like, wearable, because they're, like, they're, like, 60, Giant. 70, 80 pounds otherwise, so when the guys were filming the IMAX stuff in the Dark Knight movies, they, they could only do, like, short, short stints of it, because it was so heavy, yeah. and then they, they, they managed to slim it down for Interstellar, and now, this movie is the first one, I think, that it was completely shot on IMAX. Fuck, we need to go see it in IMAX. Maybe Dunkirk. Yeah, we probably should watch it in IMAX. Because even on film, when the colors, specifically the explosions, (sighs) my God, those colors were amazing. Oh, yeah. I can almost... Well, I don't know if it's going to be better in IMAX, to be fair, but I really want to see it in IMAX. On a bigger screen, yeah. On a bigger screen. Bigger screen, bigger sound. Bigger sound. Because Even though the sound terrified me. Yeah, yeah. Because we had we had uh, very very comfortable seats. Yeah. Because the the cinema we, we were in uh, Rigoletto in Sweden. It's one of the which older... very older cinemas. So the seats are not super comfortable. But they did they did um, uh, remake the balcony section, called VIP section, ago. Like, like ten, 10 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Um, so those seats are super comfortable now. Yes. Um, but you're all sitting very far from the screen, so the picture isn't that big anymore. And very high up. Yeah. So yeah, I would like to go see it in like you know premium seating on IMAX, just like yeah. oh, see it like that, see Oppenheimer's face in 30, 30 foot high. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he, feel the impact of the explosion. Yeah, like, when, when vibrating he's, through our seats. Oh, when he's walking into the auditorium, <clears throat> or walking out, <clears throat> walking out of the auditorium. After giving the speech, when he's like having yeah. visions of people being oh burned God. alive, 
we need to talk about that scene in general. We need to talk about humanity in that scene in general. Because oh all I could think was like, what's wrong with humans? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, and I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, like we've only talked about like the visual, the movie, the film. We've t- we haven't only talked, talked about, about the technical the story. Stuff. Yeah, we haven't really talked much about the story. Um, I mean, the story's obviously it's 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 history. We know what happens. Yeah. Everyone knows what happens. This yeah. is just condensed and and looked at through a different angle, I suppose, than what yeah. most people probably. There has there has been other movies, or at least I know one other movie that focused on the the stuff they made in uh, in Los Alamos. It's called I think it's called Big, uh, what's it called? Fat, so like the Fat, Trinity Project. Yeah, but it's called Fat Man and Little Boy, which were in the names of the bombs. Oh yeah, it's, it's like made in the early nineties, I think. Also with a pretty good cast, but it's focused more on. Uh, it's uh, it's 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 not a focus on Oppenheimer. I don't even think Oppenheimer is in it that much. He's more of a, like like a, a shadowy figure in the background, sort of. Um, I know John Cusack has a um, pretty big role in it, um, and he plays like one of the you know Batman a little boy, Batman yeah. a little boy, and he plays what one happened? of the uh, scientists who was irradiated when the Demon Core uh, uh, like shut. Which is also a very, very, very famous thing that happened. Which I kind of wish they brought up in this, but it, I get why it wasn't really important to the story of the building of the bomb, so to speak. Um, I don't know if you heard of that. They no. were doing. They were doing. Um, you saw when they were, you know, when they had the the big round like uranium core, and they were putting yeah. big like blocks around it. Uh huh. I think that's the, the it's quote unquote demon core. It's called because they were doing experiments on it where, you know, the whole thing with the you know. Creating, you know, creating a burst of radiation like that is that you, yeah, you basically shut the neutrinos in, so they don't know where to go, which makes them bounce back and forth, back and forth, blah, 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 which creates heat and which creates radiation. Yes. That's part of how you make an atom bomb. And they were doing experiments, like trying to figure out, like how much can we agitate it, like how much can we do before it's dangerous. So they had it, like eighty percent covered by these deflecting, like these shield things. Yeah, and then. Uh, or like more than that, like ninety percent covered, and then they just shoved a screwdriver in between two of the platings, the 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 plates. Yeah. So they could like bend it just a little bit, so they you know, like so when you pulled it up, it was this much open, like a few inches, and when you closed yeah. it, it was like almost closed. They couldn't close it because then, of course, you get the big reaction. Mm-hmm. So they would literally like that was their only like protection was a screwdriver in between two plates. Like that's how they dealt slowly. with slowly. Uh, pizza, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the, the energy basically that's, I don't that's... know how to translate that word <laughs> <laughs> you know when you let air out of a balloon and yeah it like it was sound. like yeah atomic energy was a seeping out but they, they, didn't, seeping, they didn't know yeah. better yeah they didn't know better so like it's fine they, it's they fine. very briefly touch on it in Oppenheimer when they mention that they don't want women working too close with it because yeah. they're afraid of what it might do to their reproductive organs and she comments going back well my organs are more protected than yours, dumbass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also... I, I, I recognized her as well, whoever that was. I have no clue who that <sighs> was. I Like, sure, I recognized her I've face. seen her in uh, I don't even know before. what her name was in no, this yeah, movie. I don't so. think they give her a name. <laughs> yeah. But either way, um, so they're, they're doing the testing, like, to see what the radiation is. And then, of course, uh, the screwdriver, like, slips. And it's closed. Oh. It's closed. And, like, mm-hmm. the whole thing starts... Gl- the whole room starts glowing blue. This is, like, from eyewitness accounts, because not everyone died. But the guy who was holding, or the guy who was like in John Cusack in that movie, he realized that, oh shit, this this entire room uh, is going to be... Michael Merriman? Right, Michael Merriman. He just grabs the he grabs the uranium and just pulls it out of there. Throws it on the ground. And says, oh. and says nobody move. 
Because they need, they need Yikes. to like, yeah, they need to see what, where everyone was standing, so they know how much radiation later on. And yeah. Then, and then he's basically like, looks at his hand, is like, I'm a dead man. I think he died like six days later. <laughs> Yikes. And I think a couple of other did- people got cancer in that room. That part wasn't really in Oppenheimer because they didn't really. They, that wasn't the impact they were worried about. No, exactly. They were more worried about the impact after the actual bomb. Yeah, so I can see why they neglected it, but it is that is a very pivotal moment in atomic like history. Sure. So there's a good video about it. A YouTuber, like a science YouTuber called Kyle Hill, has made a video to start Kyle Hill Demon Core. It's awesome. Anyway, um, I kind of wanted uh, to see that, but I, I see why they didn't have it there. Yeah, we had enough. Yeah. But yes, we had a similar moment, though, when it comes to the aftermath. Oh, yeah. When he does give the speech. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Back to that. Sorry. Yeah. And um, his entire world basically just implodes on himself. Because this is he like, realizes what he did. <laughs> this is like the day after or maybe even just hours after, right? No, this is after he dropped the bomb. Um, it's it's the, the sixth or yeah. the fifth, technically, <laughs> when they bombed uh, Hiroshima. Hiroshima. Yeah. Um, and he gets the news. The bomb has been dropped. And that's kind of the and first time it sinks into him. Like, oh, this is what I have done. <laughs> I yeah, that's when he starts realizing <laughs> that what he what he created killed hundreds of thousands they, of people. They counted up to like two hundred twenty thousand. Yeah, and that's just, just from that's that just initially. Impact. And I mean, I don't know Years how many decades down the line, that, yeah, yeah, people are still, people being, are affected. still being affected, born with def- defects, defects, and. and yeah. Not being able to reproduce in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he of God. course, you know, of course. You have to keep a good face, you know. You have to keep a good face. And it was, it was really, they they ended World War Two there. Officially, it's uh, it's another moment uh, where Americans and Russians fought together, like on the ground. But I mean, yeah. the the war ended with, with the yes. dropping of the bombs, really. So, People saw what happened and went, yeah. Yeah. Like we shouldn't find anymore because they're gonna drop a third one. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I can see why people who didn't think of the repercussions thought it was a good thing, and I'm in sure. a way it was a good thing because it did sure. end one of the worst wars of all time. Um, but it came at such a cost. That's the thing, and I, that's yeah. that's what 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 is weighing very very heavily on Oppenheimer at that moment. But yeah, he's trying to like be a little quippy, say something uplifting because everyone's everyone's I mean, clapping, also, they're stomping their feet. If he would have said something else, he would have been like thrown in jail, jail for like yeah, uh, was, what's it called, treason or something. Yeah, they would call him a traitor, even though you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he so, had to. But as as he's giving the speech, yeah, everyone oh, everyone's cheering him and and clapping, and he just stops. He can't hear anything. He only hears some sounds, and I think that's once again him seeing that that unseen world that he keeps like uh, having nightmares. You about. hear you hear a random <clears throat> woman scream in pain at one yeah. point. Oh, you heard that as well. It was so good. Yeah, because it was like it was roaring laughter, and then they cut everything like 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 that. But you heard a ah! right before, like, like someone screaming yeah. in pain, like and then it's dying completely... from the impact or something. Yeah, exactly. Because then it's completely <sighs> quiet. You can hear him breathing. You can hear a faint, like, rumble, which I think is supposed to be... It's the, the stomping of the feet. Yeah, yeah. And then you can hear when people get up from chairs. He hears the chairs. Yeah. You can't he- hear the voices or the sounds coming from the actual humans. Yeah. And then, you know, you know the light that, starts yeah. flashing, like, uh. as bright as when the bomb blew, like, minutes earlier in the movie. And then he sees the woman in front. Her skin starts, like, tearing off. Healing. Yeah. And then some people are 
crying in the audience, but only one there, one there. Yeah. And he keeps like trying to like, haha, too bad we couldn't drop it on the Germans. <laughs> and then he starts walking out. I still can't hear anything. Um, and then yeah, I think it slowly see, comes back. You see, under the bleachers, there are two people making out, and then on the other side, just a few steps further, yeah. they're crying over a dead child. And, that's like and same, it looks like it's the same, same people. people I think. With similar clothes. And yeah. he comes out. The first thing he sees is one of the one of the scientists who was involved in this just puking over a bicycle stand. Wait, was it his brother? No, I think it was that other guy, one of the unnamed. Uh, one of the younger t- dudes who all yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, either from like, you know, excitement? anxiety, excitement, or from being drunk because obviously lots of champagne yeah. going around that day. Yeah, and you, you've seen like soldiers have been running around and they're celebrating on on the back of cars yeah. and stuff. They're and I, I waving the American flag and shit. And specifically <sighs> just, that moment, because the crying, you understand why. Like it's like because some people know what really it's happened. cathartic yeah. as well. Oh uh, yeah, but I'm wondering then. I I read dual messages from the guy puking. Either it's you know. Just like Oppenheimer, he realizes what he was part of creating here, like a death a death machine. Yeah. But also, could it could it be that he has drank so much champagne, this brilliant mind has drank so much champagne he's now puking over a bike? And Oppenheimer sees this and like should we really be responsible for a weapon that can destroy the world? I, I saw I it know. more as as the panic of realizing yeah, that I think just so too, but created I, death. You you can definitely read it both ways, and I thought that was interesting. Sure, sure, definitely. Yeah. I just felt sick. Oh yeah, that entire scene when he even went before he walks in, when you can start hearing the people stomping. Cause the, yeah, they use that several times in the movie. The the stomping that becomes rhythmical. Yeah, and it's in the trailers that. Choom, yeah, it makes choom. me uncomfortable. Yeah, because it's that building sounded... towards something, and we know that the yeah. entire story is building towards this horrific event. Yeah, it it just adds to the whole like army and soldier vibe of the movie as well and their indifference to human life in general yeah just like, yeah this is just this is just an army marching towards killing others yeah, with it's, no it's, uh consequence really yeah, it's people applauding and cheering over the fact that in in an instant like a hundred thousand people died instantly yeah. wiped off the planet oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like mainly i think all or all of them were civilians uh, so I'm pretty sure Hiroshima was just a civilian city. It was a, it was a factory, right? I'm not sure. They, they, they mentioned it in the movie. I don't know if it was. No, I think... I, like I said, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it was just... I think just... there was like an arm armory factory thing involved in Hiroshima, and that's why they chose that city eventually. Maybe. Not entirely sure, but I think so. Hiroshima. What does it say? Uh, this is in Swedish. It doesn't say anything. <laughs> um, no, but usually there's very little info in the Swedish Wikipedia. That's true because it's not really. They call updated. it a military target. No, yeah. it's the first military target of a nuclear weapon. Okay. Yeah, whatever. I believe there was a reason because they they had like reasons yeah, for not choosing a, other cities. So it transformed into a major <laughs> urban center and industrial hub. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So it was a, a, a factory. Yeah. Probably making. But there were also. War. So many civilians there yeah, of course. that had civilians nothing to do there. with the yeah, but like, like nothing to do with even working there. Oh yeah, not even like considering the wives and children, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there were still humans who just lived there, happened to live there. Just, the, I was just ah, I, I, I literally wanted to puke yeah. when people were cheering for how they have because we've all seen pictures of the victims oh, yeah. of all of these like bombings in general. 
I hate it. I hate it. how can how can someone celebrate the fact that they've figured out a way to remotely end so many humans at once without like con- without having a conscious about it. Without yeah. being conscious, you know what I mean. Yeah. Without it weighing <clears throat> on their conscious conscience. conscience. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it is uh uh sickening. Yeah. I don't even understand how they like in the beginning of the movie go, you know what? We can create a bond with this. How did you even think of that idea? Well, I don't know. It felt like it felt like it was kind of uh, they kind of sped it up in the movie to kind of get to the bomb making faster. But when you have such, because they obviously like splitting of the atom or like yeah, like I said, fission. It's yes. it's obviously obviously a very uh, unstable and violent reaction. Yeah. So it, it, you know if you. If you think about it, you know, like the first thing humans are going to use it for, like, ah, this is something that creates a lot of heat, a lot of, lot of uh, uh, destruction, and with very small means, very quickly. What can we use that for? Could we use it to, uh, like, uh, create uh, uh, heating or or power? Sure, we could also make a bomb out of it. <laughs> yeah, but didn't like when um, uh, Nobel, who Alfred made the Nobel. the dynamite. I was Wasn't it Nobel? Einstein. Einstein. Uh, Alfred Nobel created nitroglycerin. Oh, right. Whatever. The dude who made up dynamite, he yeah. didn't think, we're going to use dynamite to hurt people. He most likely thought, that's, that's an easier way to get rid of big obstacles when we're trying to build stuff, right? I don't know. Well, what? Huh? Here it says, dynamite was invented by the Swedish chemist Alfred Nobel. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what they said in the movie, right? Oh, didn't say Einstein created dynamite? No, he was just in it. <laughs> oh, sorry. He was just there a lot. Okay. <laughs> Which confused me because I yeah, cause no- honestly thought Albert Einstein was like in the 1800s or something. No, no, no. He was alive <laughs> during the war. Um, <sighs> yeah, he, yeah. he did not discover nitroglycerin. That was discovered in the, uh, by Italian chemist As- Asanio Sobrero in 1847. Cool. Well, first synthesized, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, yeah. We're not historians or scientists or whatever. No. I'm just thinking, when you create something like that, it, it's it's not a... Dynamite isn't a big explosion until you combine lots of dynamite. Sure. So he probably didn't have the idea of like, hey, I can hurt people with this. No, but I, I think if you, if you have... If, you, if you're relatively smart, you know that mm-hmm. if you create something... That has that much destructive power, sure. even as as dynamite, which is much smaller than uh, an atom bomb. Um, you know Someone that it's going to be it. used for for yeah. f- to hurt people, even if that wasn't his intention. And that was partly uh, what uh, what Einstein talked to Oppenheimer uh, about in the end, the very yeah. end of the movie, when we finally get to hear what they said in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and that's. Like, consider the consequences of what you create. Exactly. And how... Which how, is, I think, literally what he said. Something like that, yeah. And and how, like, yeah, now now they love you, but, you know, so, soon they'll, you'll, you'll just be a footnote. Uh, <laughs> and the can- cannabis, you know. Yeah, because they don't care who created it. They only care who dropped yeah, it. Exactly. Honestly, the story of in and of itself is, like you said, it's, it's history. People know most of it. Yeah. And if you don't know the details like I did, you, you know the, something, the gist but of you, it. But you know what happens in the end. 
you know the big deal, you know the explosion, you know the killings, you know um, what your reaction most likely is to that kind of event in history. Yeah. And you can understand Oppenheimer's reaction. You can probably sort of understand the other people's reaction as well. Yes. I can understand people cheering. Sure. Because, you know... It's dumb, but I understand why they did at, at the time. Yeah. It, fe- it, and I- it feels like a moment where you really should be like... It was... It was a necessary evil. Like, maybe not the to right thing was. to do, but that what other choice did they have? Because they were living in war times. We yeah. don't. Yeah. Not in the same not capacity. The same yeah, no, no. Even but if yeah, we to... recently sort of have. <laughs> well, it never came here, so. Did it come to America? No. The, well, no. that's a whole other thing. Yes. Uh, they were, they were, and how they, you But know. they felt threatened in another way than we. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've yeah. ever had yeah. been. <laughs> so I, I can see that they're like, yeah, we won the war. We won the fight. No. Obviously, it's like watching a football match for Christ's sake <laughs> and yeah. cheering for your own team. Yeah. It's literally what it is. Um, But at the same time, yeah, you understand that you can see the, the, the horrible aspects of it because you know what happens. You know the repercussions of it. Yeah. So I, I, the movie, the the story isn't really about that. The story is more about Oppenheimer and his yeah, reaction it is throughout a, the discovery. Yeah, it is a biopic. Biopic. Yeah, it is a. St- but then we have the third act. Yes. With the the councils and the interviews, and I have no clue what that was all about, really. No. Um. Like I understand. It took me a while, but I understand that the um. Black and white was the latter part. Yes. It was now, so to speak. The 60s. Yeah. Now in the movies. Yeah. And then the colors were like just just later. Um, Even more though than that, it is um, that the black and white stuff is... <clears throat> It's an outside perspective of, uh, of what happened. While the color stuff is uh, very much Oppenheimer. what Oppenheimer saw. It is yeah. his vision. It is uh, his angle of the story. Sure. But I don't really understand the whole storyline or plot line with Louis Strauss, Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Yeah. Why did that have to be part of the movie? What does his um, application to the Senate mm. has have to do with the creation of the atom bomb in the end? Well, he was, he was one of the board members of the Atomic Energy Commission, where Oppenheimer sure. uh, was also part of it. Yeah. Um, in turn of trying to ke- kind of keep the lid on atomic atomic bombs, atomic energy at the point, at that moment. Um, yes. But when the movie starts, there is hearings um, about getting... Uh, uh, Strauss wants to... He wants to join... He wants to become a congressman, I think. Congressman, that's the one, he, yeah. He, he's supposed to be, uh, you know, signed, sworn in to Congress, which, you know, is a big deal because then you're, you're kind of running the, 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 the country. Part of the government. Yeah. Um, of course, and they kind of, they kind of, you know, they have to go through your your history and everything. Um, sure, because uh, you need to be approved, and everyone needs to like you, basically. Yeah, and a big part of that is, of course, he was involved with Oppenheimer after the bomb, uh, after the 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 time when he was, um, uh, when he was, you know, his security clearance was taken away from him. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, all his all his uh, his uh, friends who were communists or left leaning, you know. Um, they just wanted to make sure, you know, everything was fine. And he, and what we don't really know in the beginning, because I thought he was an ally of Oppenheimer at first. Yeah. It becomes more and more that apparent well. that he did not like Oppenheimer, mostly because Oppenheimer was kind of a dick to him. 
but he was a <laughs> yeah. dick to him in order to ensure no more bombs were being made. Yeah. Um, that was his primary uh, like goal with, with being, being a meanie. <clears throat> Strauss didn't see it that way. He just saw it like, like, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, he just saw Oppenheimer as a bully. An, yeah. A bully, an obstacle. So when he has a chance to become a congressman, he, he kind of, uh, it, it turns out he's been playing like 40 chess and has been billing towards this. Cause turns out he was the one who leaked the information, um, about, uh, Oppenheimer's communist, uh, um, um, associations? associations, yeah, exactly, and about him uh, re- being reluctant to build the super bomb after the the nuclear bomb, and you know, having you know spoken ill of the nuclear bomb afterwards and everything. Yeah, he was the one who actually started all that, made the hearings happen, the hearings, which is a par- big part of the movie, the hearing of of Oppenheimer, which is not connected to the black and white stuff that happened earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I I get that. That yeah. the the hearing the 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 in color interviews yeah. are in between the creation of the atom bomb and the black and um, white stuff. the black and white congressman hearing swearing in whatever yeah. choice election. I don't know. Yeah. So um, so he had been. I understood that part, but I don't really understand why Strauss's um, wanting to become part of Congress has anything to do with the Oppenheimer story, really, except, no, wait, that's... Yeah, because it was because such a... Because he was playing that chess match. Yeah, because it was time. such a big part of his history as a part of the Atomic Energy Commission. So he wanted to make sure he could completely wash his hands of 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 any sort of uh, um, uh, like misdeeds that Oppenheimer uh. did. Like, no, 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 Oppenheimer was the one who did this and this and this. But Strauss the problem was, employed... Oppenheimer as a teacher before he began working on the Manhattan Project, right? Hmm? Uh, Strauss, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, he yeah. he employed Oppenheimer as a teacher before the Manhattan Project. Oh, at that institute? No, that's after the Manhattan Project. Is that after? Yeah, it's after. But he was a teacher when he started teaching that random dude, and then the class became bigger. Isn't that the same? Oh, maybe it is. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm a little confused about those details as well. Because like there's a lot of time going on. It's a lot. Yeah, that's the main issue with this movie. The time jumps, um, because they they don't jump like ten years in, in between. Sometimes it's like it's kind 20, of difficult to understand in which. Yeah, and sometimes it's just one year, yeah. so you can't really tell there's a difference on the character. No, yeah, you can't see like oh this is the old guy, this is the young guy. No, no, you have. You have a bit of the young guy, and then it's just this in-between in the 40s. He looks the same the entire time. I have no clue when some of that is supposed to be, if some of that is supposed to be before or after certain events. Yeah. I understand that for effect, for the revelation of certain incidents and, and uh, involvements of people, you have to have the jumps. Yeah. But they could have made it clearer somehow. Especially that Strauss was the one who leaked confusing. all the information to that that guy. Yeah, that communist like I hunter. understand that they couldn't that 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 part I completely understood. And when they kept repeating those moments, you're like, yeah, okay, now I get but it. You, you, you want to know why he di- why he did it? Yeah, like because he employed him. Yes, yes. Um, with like wanting him to be there, right? Yeah, but then because because Oppenheimer ridiculed him time and time again. Uh, as a yeah. means to, you know, uh, quell their their hunger for more atom bombs, he wanted revenge. Yeah. He, he they talk about him being petty. So it's petty. Yeah, they talk, but they talked about that. 
true. That's true. That his character was petty. So he thought like I can I can both smear Oppenheimer and use that as a way to make me look better and get me into Congress. Problem was then that as much as he tried that as much as he thought that he had smeared Oppenheimer's reputation, I got his security clearance revoked and everything. Um, the people who actually worked with him knew that he was a good man. You know, a, f- a few people maybe didn't. Um, they didn't agree with agree him, with everything he did, but they still knew that he was a good man. Even like uh, when the teller uh, came in to to do his uh, his interview for the hearing, like yeah. he was honest, which maybe didn't put Oppenheimer in the best uh, uh, light, but still in the end said that he's like he's a patriot, he's a fiercely loyal American. Yeah, he loves. Yeah, his country. Matt Damon's character kind of did the same. He's yeah, like, he talked very well of him, but in the end he goes, I, w- I would not give him clearance. No, because no. <laughs> but then he said, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't give any of those guys clearance now. Exactly. But that's, that doesn't matter. They only want to know about Oppenheimer because yeah. they wanted to smear him. Um, problem was that this this uh, um, this uh, uh, witness that they brought up, Jack Hill was his name, I think? Rami Malek's character. Yeah. Who we really only had seen having like one uh, interaction with Oppenheimer before that, which was a bad one when he was kind of like, oh, get that pamphlet away from me. I don't want to sign anything political. But at the same time, yes. he was there in the background many times during the uh, Manhattan Project, so he had seen who Oppenheimer really was. So when he yeah, and he he understood the one the the part where he didn't want to sign probably told him a lot about his character. Yeah, and I mean it was a wrong wrong time to sign also. Yes. Um, <laughs> so when he walks up there, they think he's gonna like talk about how how much of a meanie and a bully Oppenheimer is. But he goes up there, and because he's a man of science, he's a man of, you know, uh, he's a rational person, he yeah. tells the truth, which is that uh, Strauss has been manipulating <coughs> the whole thing. And Oppenheimer, while, yeah, might rub some people the wrong way, is actually like a stand-up guy. He's honest, at least. Yeah. And he understood the errors of his ways eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Even if he didn't realize it at the time, <clears throat> and that he could confess. Yeah, like we see then... After the vote, then, like, that completely ruins Strauss's whole campaign. Yeah. <sighs> so that's why it's in the movie. It's in there to show that even though yeah. he was kind of disgraced, when push came to shove, he was still, like, a man people respected. Yeah, and a lot of what happened during the the uh, development of the atom bomb was orchestrated by Strauss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why it's also because he did, he was. All the way back then, already planning on his <coughs> his uh, his victory somehow, yeah. even though it failed. Eh, eh, so it makes sense, but it was... It was so that's uh, why it's in there. A little bit confusing with the jumping I, back and forth. I know, but it's... it's so, it, honestly, <clears throat> I felt that it was kind of like Tenet. Like, you didn't need to know all the names. You didn't really know... You didn't really need to know why uh, Robert Downey Jr. was having hearings about Congress and everything. You just needed to know that it was all working towards that one moment where Rami Malek's character goes up and ruins the entire scheme. That was it. Yeah. Because Oppenheimer has is a very um, uh, conflicting character in history. Like, yeah, he's a genius who figured yeah. all this out, but he's also the guy who made nuclear weapons a thing. Who created the worst ma- mass murder weapon in, in, in history so far. Yeah. So, while, you know, we should praise him for his uh, scientific... Scientific uh, yeah. exploration. At the same time, you know, 
was it the best choice maybe to build a nuclear bomb to help them build a nuclear bomb? So he has been. He did. That's his. Ca- he had uh, he had a good intention though because all he really wanted to do was stop Hitler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and save his people. But just like <laughs> basically, just like we talked about doing here, like I can see why some people hate him, some people love him. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and I but I know in history it's it is a little more. Uh, um, not maybe not now, but a few decades ago, maybe it skewed more towards him being the bad guy because he built the atom bomb. So I think that's also something that the book that this is built based on, Modern Prometheus, and uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, script really wanted to show who Oppenheimer was, the human. Yeah, not behind not, all not of this. paint him as good or bad, but show who he actually was, and that's. Whether you like him or not, at least it's a man you can respect. I think yes, that was the whole goal. The movie, and that's why it ended with that part. Yeah, because in the beginning of the movie, you don't really sympathize with Oppenheimer at all. He's not a sympathetic character. No, he's very cold. He's cold, and he's um, he doesn't care about other humans, really. It's very rational. Uh, except for, like, his brother. And he saves Niels Bohr from eating the poison apple. <laughs> sure, but that's, uh, that's conscious <laughs> more than... Uh, he just doesn't want to kill someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a like single person, out out of out of hatred, really, he doesn't want to kill someone out of hatred. No, and I mean, That's, it almost kills the wrong person. So yeah, uh, and that you know that is kind of um, kind of a, a, a microcosm of the whole movie. Like in, in a in a yeah. moment of like, oh, I have an idea, uh, because of you know irrational thinking. Like, oh, this teacher was mean mean to me. I want to get back at him. I know. I'll put cyanide in his apple, and then him like. The, the morning after, like, wait a minute, no, I can't, I can't kill him because he was mean to me. So he runs over there to grab the apple. That's when he meets Niels Bohr. Yeah, um, and then he, he, instead of just saving the guy he wanted to kill, he also saves an innocent. Yeah. That's some, kind of the same thing. When he first hears that, oh, shit, they managed to split the atom. Oh, you know what you can do with this when he sees the effects, actually, yeah. when they do it in the lab next door. Like, you could build, like, a really big bomb with this. And, yeah. and and it's the middle of the war and everything. So like, if if we're gonna build anything, thinking, it should be weapons. Yeah, and he's thinking I can save lives with this. Yeah, and then he wakes up the morning after and it's like, oh, no way, I can't do this. But then it's too late yeah. because he already built the bomb. They already dropped yeah. it and killed hundreds of thousands yeah. of people. So Innocence. that time he wasn't able to snatch the poison apple. Exactly, it was too late. Yeah. Ah. So that's you know, yeah. Symbolism. So he's he's uh, he's um. He's he's not a sympathetic character really. No, he's complex. But you understand as we call it. exactly. Yeah. He's human. Yeah. You understand him, and he develops throughout the movie uh, because he starts to realize th- what he's doing. Yeah. And what and the, that what he does has um, consequences. Precautions, consequences. Yeah, and also instead of being like all over the place, like I'm learning a bunch of languages, I'm I'm reading the Bhagavad Gita, I'm I'm. I'm interested in communism, but not interested enough to join the party. And I, w- I want to teach. I want to build a bomb. After the bomb, he has like one goal, and that is to like keep the lid on atomic power, because he realizes yeah. like this is what this is what I have to do. We don't have to build a bigger one. Yeah, like, we have a big one. That's enough. Yeah, <laughs> like like he says uh, in the early parts of the hearing, like when it when it talk right in the beginning when he starts talking about what he did in England and, and in Germany, like yeah. I was young emotionally immature which is also like 
Because over the course of the movie, he grows up. Because he's still kind of emotionally yeah. mature, even when they start building a bomb. Because yeah. a rational person wouldn't think, wouldn't build that kind of weapon. Especially when... No, and he, <clears throat> when the, he does... The first test they make well. is that if if we don't... If we're not 100% sure what we're doing, we could, like, destroy the world. Yeah, there's, like, this this near-zero chance. Yeah, here. like, the chain reaction <laughs> might just continue. It won't... It, it won't might de- dissipate, yeah. Everything. Yeah, the, the, the fire could reach the atmosphere and ignite the atmosphere. And that then then it's goodbye. That's literally nuking the world and starting over. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, everything not starting over. No, everything will die. Everything will die. <laughs> everything. <clears throat> so, uh, so that's why Yeah, but we, so, we he keeps being this this um immature person through other things as well. It's not just about the, the actual atomic bomb. He has oh, yeah. uh immature relationships with people. Yeah. Women in specific, because his 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 marriage is not really a marriage of love. No, they kind of it's um, sort of convenience. First, first it's off obviously passion. Yes. Um, he falls in love with her in that party, but they accidentally yeah. have a baby. So there he does what is. A mature thing the right to do. Thing. He, he talks to the guy, and you know their marriage was kind of you know on the upheaval as well. So he can just take over and marry Kitty, you know, so that the the child won't be a bastard because you can't have a bastard. Yeah, but then yeah, but he still has. They're not um, feelings uh, for uh, Gene. Gene, um, who has a very uh, complex relationship. Very complicated, yeah, because you know she is the way she is. Um, she's complex in general. Yeah, <laughs> but he also he also he's rational when he when it comes to like yeah we're idiots we can't take care of the baby so we're just gonna ask someone <laughs> to save it yeah. basically which yes it's the right thing to do but it's it's also not yeah the right thing to do would also be just to like you know work on your relationship work on your lives maybe take time to take care of your family not if- but he can't really <clears throat> because he's he's working on this. Big project, giant project yep. that is literally world changing. That's interesting because I didn't really think of that until now. I thought about it with the apple, but now that you're mentioning that, that he really makes a lot of. There's a series of bad decisions up until the bomb yes. explodes, where he's like, "Ah, shit!" But I'll make sure to fix it. I'll I'll, I'll do I'll the right thing. It. Yeah, but he, he, I'm he, not going to be able to erase it, but I can I can at least try to fix yeah, it. Yeah, but it could have been avoidable. That's the thing. Yes, and the if big... he had been a little bit careful in the beginning, yeah, and uh, the bomb is really the the culmination of that. Like, yeah, because that's also a rash decision. That if he just stopped and thought about it, if the first thing he didn't think of was I could make a bomb out of this. They would, they wouldn't exactly. have happened. I mean, it no. might have happened, but then it wouldn't be on his hands. No, he could have maybe helped stop it instead. They do talk about how um, someone else has yeah, had Nazis... a similar. Are working on it, right? They're splitting the atom as yeah. well. Yeah, th- they they did it first. Yeah, and I, and I think that's why he's worried. That's why he want to build a bomb so he can stop them. I think that's his yeah. rash thinking right away. Yeah, if I can build it first, they won't have time to build it and blow us up and the the Jews that which are the ones he's thinking of at the time. Yeah, exactly. But then you know, but he builds the and bomb. He strikes. He gets lucky with the fact that they go on down the wrong route with um, yeah, he- they use water, <clears throat> he- heavy water instead of graphite. Yeah, 
It's a So he's like, Yes, we finally have we're one step ahead now instead <laughs> yeah. of being eighteen months behind. Yeah. Um, but then when he sees the bomb go off, he's like, damn it. Scheiße. <laughs> but then he decides, I'm going to fix this by then joining the Atomic Energy Commission. The rest of his life spending trying to explain, like, no, no more nuclear bombs. It was bombs. a mistake. No hydrogen bombs. We don't need bombs. more or bigger. Yeah, we can't go bigger. It's a mistake. So We got lucky, basically. And now that just, like, oh, that makes so much sense now, like, how well written this is as well now. Now I think about it, like, oh shit! Not just the dialogue, but the, the plot. The themes. I I do think I need to rewatch it now that I understand the plot and the themes better. Yes. Though I, I have see multiple movies I need to rewatch because I understand them better after we've discussed them. And a three hour movie is not really enticing at the moment. <laughs> no. It, Though I do also want to go watch it in IMAX, though, so this is very um, yeah, so, conflicting. We'll have to see it before before it goes out of theaters. But if this yeah. is a success, well, no, not even successful movie stays in in theaters a long t- time anymore. They're usually no, especially gone. not on IMAX. No, they're gone in like a few weeks. Because then you have the next big thing that needs to take yeah, place on IMAX. So we should oh. see it before the summer's over. We should see it. Yes. We should see it. Maybe sometime <laughs> in August, since we're recording this in the end of July. Yes, and uh, I think we need to round it off here, to be honest. We should, but we have to talk about one thing before we do that. Okay, what's that? First of all, um, the fact that Christopher Nolan has said several times that there is, there are no CGI shots in this movie. That every effect you see is a physical effect. There might be... The explosions? Yes. Even when you see, you know, he has like visions of the future and he sees all these streaks of, of uh, missiles going up through the clouds. Yeah. That's supposed to be real. I mean, they've Ooh. made it a physical effect. Um, not just that. Like, if that's true, because some of the shots looked CGI. I'm just wondering maybe. And of course, like in stunts, because there are some stunts people falling over and stuff like that. They might have wires that they remove or, you know, padding or something. That's yeah. that's fine, but there's no fully that's, CGI that's shots. That's not... Yeah, it's not like green screen no. everything. <laughs> green suit. <laughs> no. So if that's true, that's that's amazing. And then I wanna I then we should talk about the the explosion. We should talk yes. about that scene as well. Um when they actually do the first Trinity test, when they drop the first bomb. Um because like I said, for me. That was the moment that this middle frustrating hour was leading up to. I mean, you mm, literally yeah. had like a 40-second countdown, not just a 10, 9, 8. Like, they started counting from 40. Um, and there's this, you know, uh, oh, you have to push the button if something doesn't happen. Everything has to be right. Um, and there's It's just this ratcheting up of tension f- f- over 40 seconds, or really like a couple of minutes, but... Um, which is also very much Nolan, like the ratcheting up of tension. That's that's Dunkirk over and over and over again in that movie. That's Tenet. Yeah. Um, and he does it again masterfully. But then the bomb goes off. And at first, of course, it's just that that flash where you can't see anything because that's the, the, the it's reaction. It's the flash and the silence yeah. and just the breathing. And everything goes quiet. And because... Obviously, they couldn't drop a real nuke, uh, and they didn't want to do just a CGI mushroom cloud. They, I'm guessing they, I want, I want to know how 
big that explosion was. Because obviously that's a smaller explosion that, you know. Sure, they just zoomed in, basically. Yeah. But I want, I want to know how big that explosion was. How many drums of gasoline they blew up. Because that's how you get that nice pillowy cloud yeah. later um, in movies. Um, first of all, that. I want to know how big that explosion was. Second of all, that entire sequence. Yeah, you just see the explosion. Um, everyone looking at it. Uh, Klaus actually walking out out of the bunker. Just actually look at it. Uh. Um, and how, yeah, you can't hear anything. First of all, because they're so far away. That's something they played with a lot, like explosions. First, you see the explosion, then you hear the sound, which we usually don't do in movies which, because it's not as fun. Yeah, and that was the jump scare for me. <laughs> yeah, but that's more, yeah, it's more realistic because they were like miles away. The people who were the first yes. away were literally like, I think, were three miles away from the explosion. Um, but then also, like, we know that the world didn't end there, but like he told Matt Damon before, like, Hours before that, uh, in, in the time of the movie, like there is still a chance that the explosion won't stop, that it will eventually ignite the skies. Like we might end the world here, but we won't know until we try it. That's also something yeah. that um, you know permeates this movie. Like theory can only take you so far. You have to try it eventually to know what actually yeah. happens. Um, and it could be good or bad. So. The, the explosion is slow motion. You see, you see everyone like, breathing. You, all you hear is just people breathing. Like, and just keeps it just keeps climbing. It covers the entire screen. Everything is slow motion. But then you see it goes from, <clears throat> from bright yellow to orange to almost red. And then the explosion is over. <coughs> and then you hear, boom! And then the wind hits and it's dark at the same time. <coughs> yeah. So, and that literally, I, I was breathless during that, mo- mm. during that moment. Because I was also like, are they going to destroy the world now? It was so well orchestrated that even though I knew they didn't, <laughs> I thought, for a spit second, they, you go, maybe they will. shit. Yeah, maybe they will. It ends. <coughs> oh, they failed. Yeah. So that, that was one of the greatest moments in film history in a while, I would say. Uh, I, I scrolled through the, the, the uh, trivia um, while you were talking to see if I could find anything on it, but no, I, there's mostly it's about like casting yeah. and how they went about to decide certain people and why he, um, the producer and, and Nolan specifically, uh, decided to do this eventually. Yeah. Apparently, what helped Nolan make the decision to direct a film was a book of Oppenheimer's speeches given to him by actor Robert Pattinson at the rap of uh, at the rap party of Nolan's previous film Tenet. Oh. <laughs> a little bit of a <clears throat> circle there. Yeah. yeah, but that scene was uh, that's that's also where because I was feeling like is this like I said the middle hour was a bit frustrating. I was like, is this really this? Is this really one of the best moves of the decade? Like Richard Roper had written like the day before. Yeah. I was like, really. It's good, but it's and then it's just like oh, it was almost like a I get it now. You know what if you know what it made me think of? No. It, it made me think of uh, the Snyder cut. And how <laughs> how that movie Why? how that movie just made Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman make sense. It was like watching the uh Zack Snyder's Justice League was like Oh, I get it now. I see what he was trying to do over all these years, almost 10 years of making his Superman trilogy. I get it now. And that moment when the bomb went off, 
I was like, oh, I get it. Uh, this yeah. is why the f- this was so frustrating because it was a frustrating time for them to be. And then it's just this catharsis of the bomb exploding. Uh. But even there, you're not sure. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. I don't know. But I know I'm excited. <laughs> it's a also would have been a weird ending to have that as the final shot though it would have been good in one way because you'd have like yep this is it you know what happens after people die that's all you like if it just ended with the fact that the bomb they they managed it didn't explode the world yeah that would have been also kind of a poetic ending yeah but then it wouldn't have been the story about Oppenheimer. It would have been the story no, about the bomb. No, it would have been the story about Adam Bomb. Yeah. This was a story about You needed to have the aftermath. Because yeah, because of what him. happened yeah. to him after the bomb. Exactly. So that's that's why it continues. Ugh. Yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you found anything? They, they, uh, the, uh, when we, in the theater we went to, um, uh, one of the uh, employees talked about the length of the movie, of the <clears> film <throat> roles. Yeah. Uh, six, he said six thousand meters. Six thousand meters. Yeah. yeah, they've listed it here as um, the entire reel of IMAX film stock used for the production. So all of it yeah. is eleven miles long and weighs six hundred pounds. <laughs> I wonder how much of that they cut out. A then. lot. I know though. <laughs> so much. Um, because for the first time in his career, it feels like. Uh, Christopher Nolan went on like uh, I mean he's done like interviews before but it's usually been like pretty like prestigious things he doesn't just go talk yeah. to anybody but I wonder if this is like universal saying like hey we spent so much money in your movie you're gonna go promote this now so he's been doing like YouTuber <sighs> interviews and stuff which is like I think it also has to do with the fact that the strike announced that might be as well but I mean one of them um Apparently, he was left alone to address the audience at the UK premiere. Oh, no. Okay. Because the cast were there, and then the uh, strike was announced, and they just left. Okay. Yeah. But he- so he's like, oh, right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> hi. <laughs> I have to do this alone now. But but also, you know, I, I think it's also like, you got to get with the times, bro. I get you want to film your movies on, on actual film and everything, but you're going to do yep. you're gonna do interviews on YouTube, okay? It's like, ah, okay. Yeah. Go talk to Jack Septicar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I saw some of those, and I was like, oh, no, this is so beneath you. Or not not that, but I'm like, oh, don't treat him like this, basically saying. But in one yeah. of those interviews, though, he talked about um, what they had to do because they kind of had to, they kind of had to evolve IMAX cinema to make this movie. Um, and talking about the length, like how much was cut out and everything. It's like, well, like he, the way he works, there's very little that's actually cut out when the movie's made because he kind of has the edit in his head already when he's when he's yeah. done writing the movie. Even some stuff, it's of course, probably just retakes. Yeah, they have to cut retakes, out. some pacing, editing you got to do. But yeah, ninety percent of the movie is already done in his head when he starts filming. Yeah, but he said that he had one constraint here, and that was that. He lit, the movie couldn't be longer than three hours because they couldn't make the uh, the wheels that you put the film on bigger than... The, they had to make them bigger to accommodate for the length of the movie. And they were literally up against the uh, mechanical arms. At that capacity. Up, at, said, <laughs> you can't make it longer than three hours because it won't fit on the projector. So he's like, all right. So he had to make it three hours. And this is, this is his longest running yes. film. Before this was Interstellar, I think. I think so, yeah. Like 247 or something. Which is insane. Jesus 
Um, well, I, in all fairness, there was nothing in this movie that I would cut no. out. But I still sort of dislike that it is three hours long. Yes. I mean, when you watch as much movies as we do... It's still a feat to watch. <laughs> yes, it is. No matter how good it is or how fantastic the work is, it's still three hours. Yeah. It's a lot. It is, it's a lot. It is. Um, but as long as the movie is good, I'm fine with it. Sure, sure. But please don't make him longer. No, we no, we gotta cap it here. Like this is the second three hour movie this year. The other one was Bo, eh. Bo was Afraid, which we actively chose not to watch in the cinema because it's because three it's hours long, long and I wasn't sure I was gonna like it. This I was pretty sure I was gonna like, so I wanna I was willing to take the chance there. So I still haven't seen Bo was Afraid. I wanna see it though. No, me neither. Whenever you can rent it, I'm gonna rent it. But for now, no. I wasn't gonna sit for three hours and watch an Ari Ashley movie. Anyway, we should yeah we should wrap it up here. This is not yes. This is not Pirates of the Caribbean summer special long, but it's a little longer than usual. <sighs> yes. So just once again, if you're here for the full episode, uh, we both I guess heavily Obviously. recommend this movie. Yes. Yeah, like I said, yes. It's a five out of five for me. Ten out of ten. Just the only the only like loss of any kind of score for me is the length. Sure. So it's a four and a half. Okay. <laughs> Um, out of five, <laughs> but like I said, this is the closest. If I could, if I could give it like four point eight, <laughs> yeah. If you, but I well, can't. if you're on a hundred scale, you could. Yeah, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm going off letterbox here. <laughs> yeah. Um, check out our letterbox yes. if you want to know what we think of movies yeah. in general terms. I haven't written a review of this here yet, but I will. I'll probably just. Link yeah, this. I don't write reviews really, but you know. No. Um, yeah, like I said, this is as close to perfect as you can get without being perfect. Um, I. I want to see it again, even yes. though it's three hours long. Um, and I, I, I hope this. We saw it in a more or less packed theater. Yes, which is kind of fun. No, it was sold out. <clears throat> yeah, which is kind of fun because I, when was the last time you saw that for a non-comic book movie? A while ago, but I did realize when I went to the the ladies' room that um, I think eighty percent of the the audience were male. Yeah. So I think that, you know, there was the Nolan nerds. Well, yeah, this is kind of a guy movie. There's barely any women yeah. in it, you know. There's like three. Yeah. And two of them are just love interests, yeah. really. And one says like two words <laughs> yeah. and is dismissed because she's a woman and they don't want her want her reproduction reproduction organs to be destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's about it. <laughs> oh, and the rumored, um, the rumored mistress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The blonde lady. But she's later in the movie. barely in it as yeah. well. She is in two scenes and says <clears throat> one word. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I the, the last time I can remember, and that makes sense because it's another director that people are like, ooh, I, I want to go see he, his movies no matter what it is. Um, it was when we saw, or you, yeah, when we saw uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Quentin Tarantino oh, yeah. movie. Yeah. That's the last time I can remember a packed theater for a, uh, a non-franchise movie. Yeah, probably. That's four years ago. Oh my god, that's four years ago? Yeah. You sure? Yes, it was summer 2019. Same summer we saw The Joker, Fuck. which was also fully packed. But that is technically a oh, comic book true, movie. Ah, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we've been in packed theaters. Like we said, The Batman. Packed. Packed IMAX. Yeah. But that's a that's a franchise movie. It's a comic book movie. Yeah. Still, you know, as far as you can get from it, but still being a comic book movie. But still. I mean, the same thing, Avatar, franchise movie. Fully packed, but that's a franchise movie. Jo- John Wick, 
wasn't fully, wasn't fully packed, even. but it was a lot of people. Still, franchise movie. This was a, a, a one movie, a movie, a film. Though, to be fair, we haven't been to too many cinema screenings this year, have we? Oh my god, I forgot to add a movie. I've, yeah. I've been to no, mind, almost right one there. every week, I think. Oh yeah, maybe no. we have. Maybe we just haven't made episodes in all of them. No, because uh, I was without internet for four weeks. All right. And then we took this break almost directly after. <laughs> so yeah. we really have, we made like three episodes in the last like two months. That's why. <laughs> True. Anyway. Anywho. Yeah, we should wrap it up. That's it. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want to support the show and get some of these episodes in advance, I don't know, you know, this is coming up, we're recording this on a Friday, so it's coming up tomorrow, but maybe I'll put it up. Or just get extra episodes, because we do record extra episodes when we're back on the regular schedule every week. Every week, extra episodes, a companion piece. Um, Usually. Yeah, usually, mainly. Or if you want, yeah, early access to my other podcast, Madness in the Method, the greatest Nicolas Cage podcast ever created. Um, or you want to help us pick what movies we talk about, new or old, you want commentary tracks, you want some exclusive videos even here and there, check us... Reactions? Reactions, yeah. Check us out on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. And check out the $3 tier. It's the most bang for your buck. Yes. Um, links are everywhere. Links are everywhere. So check that out. But other than that, if you just want to listen to the free episodes, thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much. Yeah. Tell, tell your friends and family. We appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. And we will see you in the next episode, which will probably be in the end of August Barbie. or something. And we're going to talk about Barbie and some of the movies we watched over the summer. End of August? You mean end of July? You, but you... Because beginning of August, we have... Uh, but you said uh, we were still on hiatus. That's why this was... Uh, yeah, but July is almost ending, so... So we're going to start up again? Yeah. So this is basically... This is the start, then? Maybe, because I just realized that if we do Barbie next week, and we do the Meg after that, so... Oh, okay. Well, this is Probably. still a summer special. Still summer special, officially. <laughs> we haven't officially come back no. yet. This is just, you know, we had to do it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. But until then, have a good one. Bye. Bye. The spoiler cast is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It is produced and directed by Tobias Vidian and hosted by Tobias Vidian and Rebecca Vidian. Executive producer is Annika Vidian. I also want to give a huge shout out to all our patrons over on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Christopher Billian, Daniel Geisel, Mom, Dad, Laura Kinney, and Sika85.